Let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Acts chapter 8. And I'm going to teach this morning just for a few minutes on the title, Discomfort, or the purpose of discomfort. Acts chapter 8. Incidentally, the Lord blesses you. The Lord does some things in your life that are just unusual. Let us know. Can you give us testimony of what God does in your life? Because we've been preaching the last few weeks about God doing unusual things about God blessing the little that we have and converting it into much. The title last week was, From Little Things, Big Things Grow. So as the Lord blesses you and as you follow His Word and you follow His promptings and you follow His instructions and you see God multiply the oil supernaturally, we want to hear about it. We want to hear about it. Remember last week, I prayed for people that have a business, people that are starting a business, and people that have a business idea, and this altar was packed. This was full last week as I prayed for people that were starting a business, have a business idea, amen, or, or they, they want to start a business. And so as we prayed for you and as you launched out in whatever God's calling you to do this year, we want to hear about it because so we can celebrate and it, it will encourage someone else about that God is still doing miracles today, Amen. God is still in the miracle working business. So please let us know and, and we can get you to testify and give testimony to the church of what God is doing in your life. And trust me, I am believing this year and I've been praying in that direction for the first part of this, this month and in, on Saturdays that God is going to bless people in our church this year exceedingly, abundantly and beyond even your prayer life or what you could think. I'm believing that. Amen? That, that God's going to bless you in the area of finances. God's going to bless you in your family. God's going to bless your workplace. I believe that uh, open heavens, heavens are going to open up over your life. God's going to do some unusual things. Amen? And when He does it, don't keep it quiet. Let us know. Let us know. Amen? Praise God. Amen. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. The word of the Lord says the following. Do you have it? Yes. And Saul was consenting unto his death. Talking about the death of Stephen. And at that time, everybody say time, season, there was a great persecution against the church. What kind of a persecution? There was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad, throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Now let's jump to verse 4. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed to the things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many that were taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Hallelujah. Say amen to the word of God this morning. The first verse says at that time, at that season, that time period, that time frame, there was great persecution upon the church. Now, Let's go to 
Acts 9 verse 31. I want you to see something here. Acts chapter 9 verse 31. Just the next chapter over. It says this. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and they were edified, and they walked in the fear of the Lord, and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, and they were multiplied. Verse, verse 31 says, Then had the churches rest. Everybody say rest. Rest. In, in, in verse 1 of chapter 8, it says, Then the church suffered great persecution. I want to tell you something, church. The life of the believer, the life of the faith man, the life of a church is one of going into seasons of rest, but also into seasons of great persecution. Amen? We're, gonna, we're going to live this kind of a, of a journey where we have seasons of rest. We have seasons of peace. We have seasons like, like it seems, hey, there's no opposition. There's no harassment. There's no attack. There's no problems. Everything seems to be sailing along well. We're going to have those kinds of seasons. But we're also going to have seasons in our walk with God of great persecution. And, and as, I've, as I read the Word of God and as I study God's Word and I study God's men in the Word of God and I study church history, it seems to be that seasons of great persecution outweigh seasons of rest. Because persecution has its purpose. We, we, you, you cannot live in rest all the time and go into the heights that God has for you. There's something about rest and comfort that limits growth. There's something about rest and comfort and easy going that limits us discovering new things. For it's in the time of persecution when we, when we, when we discover, amen, new areas and new things in the, in the, in the spirit. It's in persecution where we, if we allow it to, to happen, the purpose of persecution is to enter us into our, into our destiny, enter us into the expansions that God has for us. And I, I want to look at that this morning here in this verse about, about persecution. I, you know, I, I love rest, I love comfort, I love to just easy going, but that's not what God's called us to. Now, there will be times of that, but if, when, when, you're, when, you're, when you are endeavoring to live for God, when you are endeavoring to be a man and a woman of God, when you want to be a church that, that wants to do things for God, then there's, go, there's going to be very, very limited seasons of easy going. There's going to be a lot of discomfort, a lot of persecution. And when you understand the purpose of discomfort, and you understand the purpose of persecution, you literally welcome it. And you allow the discomfort to do what it is intended to do, why, why, what, it, what the design of the discomfort is for. It is to expand us. It is to grow us. It is to mature us. Otherwise, rest causes comfort, and comfort causes limitations. Amen? We limit ourselves. For example, 
if, you, if we go to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, I want you to see something here. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, here's the promise of God to the church. The promise of God to the church. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, look what it says. But you shall receive power. Everybody say power. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in, everybody say the next word, Jerusalem. Say the next one, Judea. Say the next one, Samaria. And then unto the uttermost parts of the earth. What's the promise of Jesus to the church? You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Then in Judea, then Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's the promise of God for the church. That was their calling. That was their destiny. Amen. That was their ministry. You are going to preach the gospel in Jerusalem. Then you're going to preach it in Judea. Then you're going to preach it in Samaria. And then you're going to preach it unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what I've called you for. That's what I've destined you for. That's, what I've, that's the anointing that you have on your life. It is an anointing of expansion, an anointing of preaching the gospel, not only in Jerusalem, but Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That's their calling. That's the promise that Jesus gave to them. So from verse, from chapter 1 all the way through to chapter 8, the church is functioning in a powerful anointing. People are getting saved left, right, and center. Amen. People are getting healed. The shadow of Peter is healing people. Peter's preaching is converting 3,000 people one day, 5,000 people the next day. And the church, it says, was multiplying, was growing. There was a sense of success. There was a sense of favor where, where it was not so much the church suffering persecution as opposed to individuals suffering persecution. Peter and John. Amen. So from chapter 1 to chapter 8, the church is in Jerusalem preaching, in Jerusalem laying hands on the sick, in Jerusalem they're fulfilling their call, amen, but the, the promise from Jesus was, you shall preach the gospel in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth, and so God's on his throne and he's looking down and he's seeing these guys are just staying in Jerusalem. These guys are setting up headquarters. These guys are setting up a real good ministry. Amen. They're distributing to the widows and they've got a ministry happening in Jerusalem. And it's like, you know, we're comfortable here. Jerusalem's good. They're preaching, people are getting saved. Bodies are being healed. We have a welfare ministry going on during the week. We're giving food to the poor. People are coming by the thousands. They're coming from, from other cities, from other countries to us. They're coming to us. And it's happened. This is good. We're having some wild prayer meetings. Amen. Buildings are shaking. And they're setting up ministries and they're setting up deacons. In chapter 6, 
And it's like they, they've just got it all together. And, and, and it's flowing and there's a buzz in Jerusalem. There's a buzz and there's an electricity as the church is the flavor of the month. Hallelujah. These guys are turning the world upside down. Uh, but that wasn't the call. The call was, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall preach the gospel, Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and then unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So what happens? In chapter, in chapter 8 verse 1, something happens allowed by God to discomfort the church, to agitate the church, amen, to put pressure on the church so that they would be dispersed into their original purpose. Sometimes your discomfort, sometimes your persecution is allowed by God so it can agitate you so that you can expand into God's original purpose for your life. Because you've been comfortable where you are, comfortable with what God's doing right now, God, comfortable with, with your workplace, comfortable with the financial level that God has blessed you with, comfortable with your ministry, and it's, it's it, you know, there's, there's no problems, there's, there's no issues, there, everything just seems to be going along, you know, humpty dumpty, everything's going well. And then God allows persecution. And the persecution that and I, I use the word discomfort. The word persecution means literally to harass, to oppress, to afflict, to afflict pain, to ridicule. You could use the word crisis. A crisis came to the church. I, I like the word discomfort. They were discomforted. They were made uncomfortable. And when they were made uncomfortable, they scattered. Look what it says there, chapter 8, verse 1. As Saul was consented unto his, and at that time, that season. So we, we like to resist discomfort. And discomfort will assist you to grow, to expand, to reach out, to walk in divine destiny. Great persecution came against the church which was at Jerusalem. Now, I'm going to give you a few little things here, some meanings of words. The word Jerusalem, who knows what Jerusalem means? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Shalom. Shalem. It literally means city of peace. Peace. City of peace. Rest. Amen. City of peace. Everything's going well. No struggle. No problem. No issue. City of peace. We like to live in city of peace. Don't we? We resist change. We resist discomfort. We resist problems. But if you're a child of God, if you're in the purposes of God, if you're in God's will, amen, discomfort and persecution comes to assist you, amen, to catapult you into your destinies. Yeah. Great persecution came against the church, which was at Jerusalem, city of peace. 
and they were all scattered. Everybody say scattered. They were all, the word scattered means they, they, they literally, the word scattered means to scatter like when some, a farmer is scattering seed. When he's scattering seed, they were scattered. Another word is they were expanded. There was an expansion for the church. The church expanded. And, and this is the interesting thing here. They, they were expanded. Where? Where were they expanded? So, this is the key. When God comes to do something in your life, He allows pressure. He allows crisis. He allows problems to come. It will, it will lead us into His purpose, not our purpose. Not what we think. Because the interesting thing here is, the church which was at Jerusalem was scattered abroad. Where did they go? They went to Judea and they went to Samaria. Everybody say Judea and Samaria. What did Jesus say in Acts chapter 1 verse 8? He says, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So the discomfort, the persecution, the pressure, the crisis that the church was suffering, amen, actually expanded them into the promises of God. And what the devil meant for evil, God turns it around for good. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Hmm. Everybody say discomfort, discomfort, discomfort. You've got to be discomforted if you're going to grow. You've got to be agitated if you're going to expand. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, God, God has told me he's going to, he's promised me this, he's promised me that, he's promised me this ministry, and, and we, we wanted to come in Jerusalem. We wanted to come through peace. Beloved, when a, when a, when a woman is pregnant with a baby, it creates a lot of discomfort in her body. And the women can say, Amen. 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 Discomfort causes you to sit in different positions. Uh, you're not getting this. Discomfort causes you to experience different, different, different ways of sleeping. It pushes you to, to rearrange some things and to expand the way you think. For how you used to sit, you cannot sit like that anymore because you are being discomforted. You are being made uncomfortable Amen. To adjust yourself for what is on the inside of you, for the baby that God has put on the inside of you, amen, causes discomfort. And that discomfort causes growth. And that growth will cause the birth of a baby. No sportsman ever will become the champion, always living in rest always playing someone they can always beat. They want to be discomforted. They want to be challenged so that they can rise higher. Oh, I'm just, I'm under pressure. Grow. Oh, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm, there's so much going on. That, that's good because you've been in Jerusalem too long. You, even, you pray the same things every day. You see the same provisions every week. God's trying to introduce you into Judea into Samaria, 
and unto the outermost parts of the earth. God's trying to grow you so you can walk into your purpose and into your destiny. Come on, church. Hallelujah. You know, imagine, for example, Rafa Nadal. That's the best tennis player in the world. And imagine he, he has got to that place because he's been made uncomfortable. If he always played someone that, make, that, that keeps him in his comfort zone, he will always just use and resort to the same shots. But it's when he plays someone better than him that new shots are discovered. New skills come. Are we here this morning? See, it's, it's in that this, um, he's being made uncomfortable is where he, he discovers his endurance. He discovers a new technique that he did not knew, know he had, but it came out under pressure. You will discover yourself, you will discover God when you're put under pressure. You will say, wow, I didn't know I had that shot in me. Well, well, I didn't know I had that endurance. Well, in Jerusalem, you're not going to find out. It's peace. Rest. Now, thank God we go through seasons of rest, and I love that. But you're not going to grow staying there. The person that wants to aspire to go up the career ladder, you've got to be put into positions where outside of your comfort if you want to go up. Can the church say amen this morning? Hallelujah. We've got to be made uneasy. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, all things work together for good to them that love God. Do you love God this morning? Well, all things work together for good. See, everybody say work. All things work. Work together. They're working together for good. They're working together for your good. Things work for you, not you for things. You walk by faith, not by sight. So the, the church did not resist this persecution. They allowed it to scatter them into their purposes. Because all things work together for good to them that love God. We live the faith life not looking at things, but looking at God. For the things that are seen are subject to change. But the things that are not seen are eternal. God's promises and God's word is eternal. Hallelujah. It does not change. But the things that I see... They, they are subject to change. They have to change and line up with God's word. But if I, if I allow things to dictate my feelings and then I just cower and I stay in my position, I stay where I am and I retreat and I miss out on the purposes of God for my life. When we understand that Things work for us. That we walk by faith, not by sight. 
and that no matter what's going on right now, this thing is going to help me grow. This thing is going to help me expand. And I'm not going back. I'm going forward in God. Hallelujah. And I'm going to walk straight into Judea. Hallelujah. And I'm going to walk straight into Samaria. And yes, I was praying about that a year ago. And I'm going to go right into it right now in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, grow the church. And crisis comes. And we go, what's going on? That's the best thing that can happen. Oh, Lord, expand my business. And crisis comes. And so when you understand that, you don't, you don't, you don't retreat from the battle. You step up to the battle. And you say, I'm going to allow this thing to make me who God wants me to be. And I'm going to go into my destiny. Now, and I'm going to discover new shots. I'm going to discover new techniques. If I played soccer at a very low level, I, there's, I, I could play against some people. I just walk around the field. Easy, easy. You can just walk. Just touch there. Then walk out, touch there. That's how I like to play anyway. But the older I get, I just like to run less. But even I find that like a little bit like, I want to play against someone that challenges me. And I'll be honest with you, when I've ever done some, little, some good little things on the soccer field, it's been when I've been put under pressure. I remember when I, when I was playing at school, one of the best players in my school, and I made it into to, to the state titles. I went to the state titles for soccer. And that was another, another level. But I felt myself lifting and discovering things, even, even speed that I didn't know I had, it came. Endurance. Who wants, who wants, to, who wants to grow? You're going to have to be discomforted, made uncomfortable. Come on, say, discomfort me, Lord. Come on, discomfort me. Make me uncomfortable, Lord. If you don't want to be made uncomfortable, stay in Jerusalem. Stay there. Stay there. You want to go places with God. God is going to discomfort you. Now, now look at this. They go to, so, so what, what, what do we do, Pastor? What do we do when we're being made uncomfortable, when we are being harassed, when we are being, when pain comes? When, what do we do when people leave us? What do we do when people hurt us? What do we do when situations around us are adverse and contrary? What, what do we do? And we feel like it's, it's, it, it is being allowed by you. We feel like it, it is part of the process. What do we do so that we don't fall? Now, get this. They went to Judea. Everybody say Judea. Oh, you're going to get this right now. Everybody say Judea. Judea is a, is a, is a territory, a land of the tribe of Judah. Oh, hallelujah. Those Bible students here, they know where I'm going. Everybody say Judah. The word Judah literally means praise. Praise. Everybody say praise. Come on. Now, what does praise mean? Come on, somebody praise God this morning. What does praise mean? Listen, they went to Judea. While they're suffering persecution, while they're being punished, while they're being judged, while they're being hurt, while they're being pressed, while they're being put into a crisis, they go to Judea, they go to Judah. You know what they do? They start praising God. Hallelujah. They start worshipping God. They start exalting Jesus. They start praising. 
Yeah, because this is what people do in the church. They get discomforted. They're made uncomfortable. They stop coming to church. They don't understand that this is part of the package. You want to grow? You want to have a worldwide ministry? You want to touch the nations? I need to make you... Un- you want to play Rafa Nadal? No. You've got to go through a series of challenges before you can play Rafa Nadal. So God says, you want, okay, you want to have, like I said last week, you want to have a business that will be service clients in the city? Awesome. I'm going to take you on a journey. Oh, you want to have a church that will touch the city? Really? You want to have a church that will touch the nation? You, you want to have a church that will touch the world? I want to have a church that will touch the world. What does that mean? Then you understand the discomforts that are on the journey a part of the process. And what I do is I don't moan and groan. I praise and I worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Can the church say amen this morning? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I'm being discomforted. I'm being made uncomfortable. I'm being harassed. I'm being hurt. They're targeting me. They're talking about me. They're pointing their finger at me. What do I do? I go to Judea. Hallelujah. I start praising Jesus. I start glorifying Jesus. I start singing to Jesus. I start, I start singing in the spirit. I stop, I put music on and I just worship him. Beloved, you cannot be sad and glad at the same time. Jehoshaphat was going to the war against the enemies and God told him, you will put the praise and worshippers in front of the army and they will begin to praise and they will begin to worship as they go before the army. And the Bible says, as they praised, the enemy was confused. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Because he's confused because he thinks what he's trying to do is to get you out of the way, is to get you out of the faith, is to get you out of the church, is to get you out of your commitment, is to get you out of your ministry, and it's doing the total opposite. You're praising God. It confuses him because he's not that smart. Some Christians make the devil out to be real smart. He's not that smart if you stay in the spirit. When you start praising God in the midst of trials, when you start praising God in the midst of a sickness, when you start praising God in the midst of no work, it confuses the enemy and it activates the Spirit of God. Don't, don't, don't lose your shout. Don't lose your praise. Come on, don't lose your worship. Don't lose your intensity just because you're being made uncomfortable, just because great persecution has arisen against you, your family, against the church. I want this church to learn how to praise God in spirit and in truth. We've got to praise God. We've got to worship God. There's got to be a joy about it. Am I shouting hallelujah? I feel this in my spirit. Because there's people that God, what the very thing you're going through, it's taken you to Judea where, where Jesus wants you to be. But if we moan and groan and we take a step back and we leave and, and we stop reading the word and we stop going, then, then we're not going to Judea. We're going over there to Nineveh. We're going to Spain. 
There's pain, it's nice, but if God doesn't want you there, it's not going to be nice. Are you getting this? It's part of the, say, say discomfort is part of the process. You discover new shots. You go, wow, I did not know I had that in me. It only was discovered when you were made uncomfortable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to grow, Pastor. I want, to, I, want to, I want God to use me. The moment you say that is the moment you open yourself up to be discomforted. You go to Judea. You go to Judah. You start praising God. You start lifting up His name. You start worshipping Him. Come on, what was the last time you really praised God? I'm not talking about this little patty cake Sunday morning. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the Bible, when it talks about Judah, it literally, the word literally is ex, ex, exuberant, exuberant praise. It's what they do, and people are real good at praising a soccer ball because the true, the true definition of praise is what happens at a soccer field, at a soccer stadium, at a rugby league stadium when a try is scored. Next time you go to a match, when they score a try, look around, that's praise. Question, when's the last time you saw that in church? When Jesus Christ scored a goal on the cross of Calvary. Jesus Christ scored a try on the cross of Calvary. And we walk into church, and oh, I had a hard week. I never want to praise God anyway. Oh, how long is this going to go for today? You know, hey, we're retreating. We should walk in here. You know, it's, it's like you get that brother or that sister that comes into church, and uh, that's why you've got to be careful in church that you be double, double-minded because the people, people can pick up you had a hard week. You, know, you get that brother that comes in. I remember that brother back in the days. Come in. He's excited today. He walks in like, you know, he's shaking hands. He's, he's praising before. He's going, come on, start. He sits at the front and he's ready to go. In. And when they're praising, you can hear him praising. And you go, hey, brother, how you doing? He goes, I'm good. Why? I had a great week. It was an awesome week. I got a promotion. And then two weeks later, that same brother walks in. Ten minutes late. Looks for the back seat. And the praise is going on. Brother, what's wrong? Uh, what's going? I had a terrible week. What happened? They laid me off the job that they promoted me two weeks ago. They, I discovered that, that I have a sickness. Question: Has God changed? God is still on His throne. We praise God harder and more powerfully when we're being agitated. When we're being discomforted, oh, hallelujah. People say, oh, that's fake. No, it's faith. It's faith. Oh, you're pretending. No, I'm not pretending. I'm being real. Oh, but you're going through this. I know know I'm going through that. But my God, he's able. My God is stronger. Oh, but they just killed Stephen. Doesn't matter. The church must go on. Come on, church. Let's, let's walk in here. Let's create an atmosphere of praise in this church. 
not because of music or because of lack of music or because of an auditorium. Let's praise God because of Jesus. God, I'm going to say this and I hope you, you forgive me if it, if it offends you, but I'm going to say it. God is not dumb and he's not blind and he's not deaf, which means this. He can see praise and he can see lack of praise. He can hear praise and he can hear lack of praise. He can see when we praise him and when we don't praise him. So we say, God, God, help me. Do this for me. Open doors. And then God goes and looking. He goes looking at, the, at our praise. And he sees a picture there. And he sees one Sunday morning driving to church real, real late, just walking into the church. Like, now I'm not having to go at anyone, okay? I'm not having to go at anyone. But if it hits you, hallelujah, repent. And then he looks here. Ah, ah, this Sunday morning, you didn't come to church. You had a, you had a picnic. You, you, you'd rather go to church. You get to a picnic than ch- church. Yeah, okay. I'll forgive you for that. Okay, ne- next one. Ah, you stayed up real late Saturday night and, and, and you went to bed at 2 o'clock watching movies and then you justified not coming to church the next morning because you went to bed late. Uh, uh, oh, this Sunday you were praising. Hallelujah. Whoa, look at you. I wonder why. Oh, you had a great week. You don't think God, God thinks like that? The Bible says God is a jealous God. God is a zealous God. He, I, I do believe God does have that kind of a perspective. I do believe that. Because God wants us to be, He wants you and I to have Him as our everything. Discomfort me, Lord. So that I can praise you. And the next one there, if everyone says the next word is Samaria. Everybody say Samaria. Samaria literally means mountain. And the literal word for Samaria is watch mountain. Watch mountain. Watch tower. It literally means this. Mountain in the Bible always talks about prayer. And it always talks about going up. Revelation. It's on the mountain where the Ten Commandments were given. It's on the mountain that the Jesus was transfigured to his disciples. It's on the mountain where God said, come up the mountain to have fellowship with me. It's on the mountain where you have an encounter with God. What's God saying here? He took them to Samaria. When you are discomforted, when you are made uncomfortable, when you are agitated, when you are suffering pressure and pain, go up the mountain. Go get closer to God. Stop praying. Go get into God's word. Allow God to reveal himself to you in a way you've never seen him before. Let him transfigure himself to you so you can see a facet or a way of God that you've never experienced before. Come up the mountain. Come up the mountain. Come on, watch. Come and watch what I do on the mountain. Come and watch what I do in my presence. Come up the mountain. Moses up the mountain saw the burning bush. Up the mountain, he had an experience with God. On one occasion, God said to one of his servants, Come up the mountain, get away from the people. Sometimes 
in, 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 in times of persecution, it, it will cause us to get away from the noise, to get away from the crowds, to get away from the busyness of life and understand, I need God right now. I need, sometimes discomfort will cause us to go into a greater season of prayer, into a greater season of reading God's Word. Discomfort, agitate, it agitates you. You know that you're not where you should be. You know that you, you're dry. You know that, 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 that you, don't, you don't feel fresh. You're running on empty. You're right. You know when you're running on empty and, and this is not right. It agitates you. You say, I'm going to go up the mountain. I'm going to go and seek God. I'm going to go pray like I've never prayed before. I'm going to get into God's Word like I never got into God's Word before. And you do something different that gets God's attention. So you praise in the midst of discomfort. You go up the mountain in the midst of discomfort. And the last thing is, in the midst of discomfort, don't miss this, gifts, talents, anointings, and ministries are discovered. Don't miss this. Look at there. Go verse, Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. In the midst of this persecution, listen to this, Philip was discovered. This persecution this agitation, this comfort caused Philip to be discovered. In the midst of your pressure, of your trial, of your tribulation, you're going to discover gifts and talents, anointings and ministries that God has put on the inside of you. You're going to discover some things. The church is going to discover some people. In your family, you're going to discover someone that's going to step out of the norm. Whereas Philip was a deacon. Philip was serving tables in Jerusalem. Now, as a result of great persecution, he is preaching the gospel with signs and wonders following. This, this agitation, this discomfort caused the church to discover Philip. You're going to discover some things in the middle of discomfort. You're going to discover your preaching. You're going to discover your intercession. You're going to discover your ability to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You're going to discover boldness. You're going to discover confidence. You're going to discover a, a, a spiritual warrior on the inside of you is going to come out and you're going to say, Wow! powerhouse Christian, a powerhouse believer. I could never have done that before. Now, I feel the fire of God on me. You're going to discover some things. You're going to discover who you are. Amen. The pearls, pearls in an oyster, they are discovered because the inside the oyster there is an irritation that happens as sand comes in and causes a gash, causes a, 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 a cut inside the oyster, the area of 
where there's flesh and the oyster itself releases a substance that goes over that sand and goes over that piece of sand, that filled sand, and goes over and over and over and over until it becomes hard and it creates an oyster. It creates a pearl within the oyster. What was meant to hurt the oyster becomes something of value. Oh, hallelujah. All things work together for good to them that love God. You're being discomforted? Start praising. You're being discomforted? Go up the mountain. You're being discomforted? You're going to, you're going to discover a Philip. You're going to discover an anointing. You're going to discover a warrior on the inside of you that's just waiting to be discovered. Hallelujah. A man and a woman of God. You're going to discover a pearl of great price. Treasures out of darkness are coming forth. That doesn't happen in Jerusalem. That happens when we are put under pressure. May God help us, church. The purpose of discomfort is to grow us, not to hurt us, if we know what to do. Now, if we don't go to praising, if we don't go to worshipping, if we don't go to God's Word, if we don't go to praying, if we don't go up the mountain, well then, the very thing that should have helped us, hurts us. What should have been a blessing, becomes a curse. So let's praise God. What you're going through right now, what you're going through right now, if the devil only knew, he wouldn't do it. If the devil only knew what would happen, the church would go into its destiny, he would not have done that. He would have just left the church at Jerusalem. If he, if he only knew, he would not have done If the devil only knew, he wouldn't have done that to you. He wouldn't have done that to your family. He wouldn't have done that to the church. For it's in that time, in that season, that we praise and that we worship and we pray and we discover who we really are. May God help us this morning. Let's all stand up. Hallelujah.